Welcome to the Infamous Podcast. This is Daryl. And this is Brian. Yeah, that's... We're going to have to work on that when we go back and forth. That's uh, <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this for, what, a year and a half, and it, it's almost like ingrained. Well, and I almost said... Yeah, Brian. I mean, I've been doing it for six years, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I almost said, this is Brian, and I was... That the last funny, second I said my name. <laughs> so welcome... <laughs> You, you you failed, Daryl. You you failed this podcast. <laughs> so welcome to speaking of the podcast. Welcome to episode three twenty three, breaking the cycle. And for those Stain fans out there, we are not talking about the you know third album of their their third studio album <laughs> with such. Hey, I'm a Stain fan. Aaron, you know Aaron Lewis is pretty bass. You know, so. right? Yeah. But, I thought you were yeah, talking about I, the and, CDC study that just came out. <laughs> now like when it was funny when i sent you that what it you know the idea of breaking the cycle oh, yeah. it it popped right in my head and for the last 20 minutes before we started i may have been listening to some stained nice uh songs so all right so including you, oh uh, yeah sorry good i was about to say including the smallville favorite so far away ah very good <laughs> all right as you guys can hear my voice is crap because i got bronchitis earlier this week and uh so daryl is going to do the lion's share of the talking this week instead of me so uh d take it away so let's be honest he was cosplaying as marco Naros and tried to do the gravelly voice and it didn't work so <laughs> hey beltolota sazake <laughs> So as we are going to you know, just start and kick off with the one news bite we have, and it's quite interesting, it is the CW is up for sale. And Brian, you got this from the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with the CW personally, uh, more on the latter stages of the last few years, except for Soups and Lolo. Uh, I mean, the CW has been around since what 2006 when it was was it upn and the wb network merged yeah so U upn was um obviously owned by paramount and like cbs viacom and then uh, or i guess viacom cbs now and then warner media owned wb obviously and they were just competing networks neither one of them were in as many households as they should be um like for example in cincinnati there was no upn it was in dayton um, so if you lived like north of the city or if you lived really far south, you might get the Lexington version, but yeah, so they, they decided to come together and then they were in this huge market and the big, I guess, suitor is the word they use in the article, which I thought was interesting is Nexstar, which owns about 200 local TV stations, um, as well as the news nation cable channel and the Hill, um, the, um, what Crystal and Sagger used to be on. Anyway, um, but they're the largest owner of CW stations in the country. So the thought is that they might buy them, um, allowing Viacom, CBS, and WarnerMedia to even retain a minority stake. And so that way mm -hmm. the, yeah. the it'll still go on um, <clears throat> un, unmolested. Um, I thought the other interesting thing was the station since 20, it was uh, the, the merger happened in 2006 or the station was formed in 2006. It's never generated a profit. That is crazy. Like, if you think about it, like, what's that, 15 years? And you haven't generated a profit. I mean, yeah. again, 
some of that is due to you know again their programming is varied but is targeted at the 18 to, to 34 audience uh i mean we we know about the you know the cw or i should say the Arrowverse that you know has been on the sh- on the station for the last eight years but before that you know my, one of my favorite shows of all time supernatural was mm-hmm. on there and i'm drawing a blank but there were a lot of other shows out there back then that crashed and burned after a couple of years as well i it's i i just the, the thought that you haven't turned to profit you you since 2006 now if you watch some of the shows over the last five years i totally understand um yeah. and, and again one of the things this show is or the the cw has been it's been more of a genre network you have stuff like charmed you had stuff like roswell uh, obviously like i said supernatural the arrowverse now they do have currently they have shows like dynasty and i it was into the dark that are more uh, along the regular drama lines with you know no superheroes or supernatural things involved at least i think i've never watched either one but you have other things like riverdale that it seemed like it was going to be more of a you know teen drama but then there's supernatural stuff there's crossovers with um sabrina the teen witch and a, a little bit more about this um it did say the CW previously had a long-standing deal, output deal with Netflix that helped series like Riverdale and All American, which, for the first two years, two and a half years, I really liked All American, and then it went the way of most CW shows that you know that are on now, uh, to reach broader audiences and grow on linear. That pack ended in 2019 as Warner Brothers TV and CBS Studios shifted library deals to their respective streamers. HBO Max and Paramount Plus. Now, one show I know had kind of like that dual type relationship on HBO Max and CW was Stargirl. I believe it actually started on HBO Max and then it No, it started to, on the DCU app. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, they, that's what so, it did. Yeah. And so that was the thing is they had that DCU app, but all of the good DC stuff was on Netflix. Um, and they had the, it was eight days after the finale the shows would show up on Netflix and they did huge numbers. I mean, they were always like in the top 10 for, for it. Um, I don't know. I told you when, when I saw this, I, I, I think, I think they should move Superman and Lois to the CW exclusively now. Like air, air, air the air it on, on the 11th air it next, next Wednesday, um, or Tuesday. And then say, Hey, uh, moving forward, we're, we're, we're still going to air on the CW, but we're going to air live same night on HBO Max for subscribers. Um, the same with The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that last year because, again, the CW has, if you're talking about audience, uh, you know, butts and seats are in front of the screen, if you will comparing the CW to something like HBO Max and then having a show with the quality of a Superman and Lois, you're going to, you're absolutely going to pull more numbers putting it on an HBO Max than you ever would a CW. Because again, even if people do have CW, I mean, a lot of people nowadays, well, one, they don't have cable and they do have the streaming services. And yes, I know, we know that, you know, Superman and Lois, is coming on, you know, January 11th, by the way. 
Mm-hmm. But for people that don't watch TV, people that don't necessarily aren't on the internet keeping up with this stuff like us, yeah, just think about it. Turn in on HBO Max and having it at the top of the banner, you know, Superman and Lois, eight o'clock on January 11th or whatever. Day. Yeah, I don't know what day that is. I think maybe a Tuesday. But, you know, Superman and Lois, eight o'clock today, tonight, or something along those lines. And then that's going to be more people are going to say, hey, you know what? Let me check this out. Instead of having to, one, have cable. And yes, you can use the CW app as well. But I think. Yeah, we. I think it was a few, you know, during the tail end of season one of Superman and Lois, we talked about it. It was because and, during the five, because like during the hiatuses, they would put it on there and it would come back and they would take it off as soon as it came back. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like going back a little bit to what was it, Michael Pedowitz, who is Mark Pedowitz, who ranks as the longest tenured broadcast CEO. He, you know, he sent out a memo to his team, and one of the things he was talking about is, what does this mean for us right now? Because, again, there, like you said, there are, the article talks about suitors. It means we must continue to do what we do best, make the CW as successful and vibrant as we have always done. We have a lot of work ahead of us with more original programming than ever. This season's there, and they're expanding into Saturday night, which... I mean, I don't, I don't know how much that's going to help. Uh, they, they do talk about our growing digital and streaming platforms. And he mentions, and we thrive when we come together and build the CW together. So, yeah, I mean, they needed to be a seven day a week, um, right. Platform or channel for, for a couple years now. The other thing is they're only in prime time. They're only from eight to 10. That's it. They don't, they don't have an 11 yeah, o'clock show. So what is on the, I, I was, do they just run, re, just, yeah, it's just reruns. Reruns they, they've licensed the... like judge Judy and, and whatever and, and all okay. of that. So, so, uh, they did reach out the, the Hollywood reporter did reach out to, uh, both Warner media and Viacom CBS and who did not immediately respond. And a spokesperson for next star also declined to comment. Yeah, so I mean, of course, next so, star's next star's not going to comment. I mean, they want to get the best right. deal. Yeah, they they oh, want they want it to be as um, Batwoman heavy as possible. They're like the yeah. next star's just like just air Batwoman all the time. We'll we'll be fine. We'll buy it. <laughs> and 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 let's be honest. Considering some of the stuff we have, considering the fact that I don't even want to talk about it, but I will mention the name Naomi is coming, and I've read some of the stuff Ava, du- Ava Duvernay has said about it. Ugh. That 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 stock or that you know the value of that network is going to continue to go down and that more than anything makes me hope that they move soups and lolo to hbo max yeah yeah absolutely because i know with star girl it was like unedited episodes like or Mm -hmm. i guess longer versions of the episodes and then on the cw app they were doing the the longer versions of superman and lois so just put it on on max and go um but anyway all right you want to you want to move yeah. into and, the uh, yeah. to the the yes. three shows we got to talk about? <laughs> yeah, so we have a lot of series because yeah, you know, last week was New Year's Day and we did our best of episode, best of twenty twenty one. We missed a couple of shows; we didn't get a chance to talk about it. So we're what we're doing now. We're doing the first two episodes of Book of Boba Fett, uh, the uh, episodes four and five of The Expanse, and the entire season four of. Cobra Kai, which 
I can't wait to talk about that. That's Actually, a I can't wait to talk about this pants for a either. Badass dojo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he was so bad. So we're gonna, yeah. So we're gonna start with the least impressive of the three, uh, Book of Bubble Fett. Now, what were your? Th- I I can't remember right off the bat, but when Bubba Fett showed up in the Mandalorian, what were your initial thoughts? How dare you! <laughs> that that's that's what I thought. I thought, how dare you? Because, yeah, I believe you said he was the most overrated character in Star Wars. I hate, which... I hate Boba Fett. I he's the dumbest character. He, you know, I just he said seven words and it was like, he's the baddest bitch on the block. Look at him. He's he's a man. He's he's something. I don't know what he okay, is. Okay, you sounded you sounded like uh, Boba Fett from. Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to do Brackenmire as as Boba Fett. <laughs> I'm Boba Fett. Pow, pow, bang bang. Look at me. Anyway, but no, I it was like I won't dis. What? Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I will not disagree with your sentiment that he is an extremely over in the Star Wars movies. In Empire Strikes Back and Return of Jai, he's extremely overrated. I, I mean, he does all, nothing. all of the good Boba Fett content, <clears throat> excuse me, is from the expanded universe. And Comics, that's what books. colored that's my yeah. thoughts on this because I read the, read the like Tales from the Bounty Hunter and some of the other stuff he was in, and they showed him as a badass. It's kind of like Phasma in oh, uh, in her the own book, Disney trilogies, in, in the Phasma yes. book where she's like, you know, awesome. Yeah, and um, then you see her in the Disney trilogy, and she is not no, awesome. She is decidedly a Disney character. <laughs> um, so, yeah, personally, I don't know. I did like him being. I thought it was cool. No, I, I thought it was cool. I didn't know where they were going to go with it. I did like what we saw in the Mandalorian. Wasn't really sure, despite that. You know, the post credit of him. You know, icing Bib Fortuna. By the way, this is going to be spoiler, so just so you know, icing Bib Fortuna at the end of the Mandalorian was great. I still wasn't sure how how much I was going to like a book of Boba Fett show, to be honest. And the, you know, the first episode, the series premiere, Stranger in a Strange Land. We get that. We get right away. We they answer the question of how did Boba Fett get out of that Starlight pit, and I. Honestly, that was the coolest part of this episode, of episode one. And yes, we, we talk about this ad nauseum. You can't judge, necessarily judge a series based on the first episode because it's trying to do so much. Introduce the characters, the world, the tone of the series that uh, more often than not, it's, it's going to be mid to bad. Uh, and that just go, that's just throughout, look, throughout history of TV shows. It's mid. <laughs> mid. It's a, as he would say, mid. You need a soundbite for that and then so you can hit the button. I like, do need a soundbite for I need two sound bites. I need the mid and I'm better than you and you know it. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite tags for a wrestler, better than you. Uh but, so the first episode, Stranger in a Strange yeah. Land. Like I said, we get that how he escapes the Starlight Pit, how he loses his armor. And where he is now after, you know, taking over Jabba's, you know, he's the man now. And there's just not much memorable. There's For me, there wasn't much memorable in this episode. Well, he didn't take over didn't. from Jabba. Hold on, hold on. He took over from Bib no, Fortuna. Did. Yeah, because Bib Fortuna, the majordomo of yeah. Jabba. And I just, the first episode of this was 
again, I expected it to be a little slow, but I mean, it was very boring for me. Like I said, the first five minutes were the best parts for me. Even the action in the second half of the episode was the choreography was stilted. And I mean, before I talk about that, just to give you a quick highlight, like I said, he takes over, you know, he, you know, he kills Bib Fortuna. So he's taking over the mantle of, I don't even know what it's called for Jabba. He's the, you know, he's the kingpin basically of Tatooine. He's a, he's a warlord. We'll just say he's a warlord now. Warlord. Yeah. So, you know, that first episode is about, you know, his, you know, other, you know, the other smaller warlords paying tribute to him and, you know, him showing his face around Tatooine. Again, I, I just, let's be, for me, it was boring. It didn't offer much. I know it was setting up the world, but I really don't have a lot to say about it because it would look good. I mean, from a, here's the problem. It's too bright. This, it is not, there's nothing dirty about this underworld. There's nothing dirty about Tatooine, right? It's this clean, like high society place that they're going. And, I don't know. It's just I I, th- I I just did not care for it. I didn't care for the the pink Twi'leks. Like uh, I thought they looked weird and creepy, kind of. You and know. to be honest, I I understand that technology is different now than it was when Star Wars first came out, or Star Trek. Because I'm going to make this comparison. One of the issues I have with Star Trek Discovery is the time it takes place in the Star Trek universe. And the way that everything looks. Yeah. The same thing with Star Wars. Or when I say Star Wars, similar to the Disney trilogies. Yeah. They cleaned, they they thought, hey, we have this technology, we should use it. Instead of saying, look, if we want to, you know, keep that canon and continuity right, it has to look a certain way. Yes, we have, we can make certain things look better, especially with choreography being what it is. But the... You know, that tangible stuff, the get going into a cantina should have the same feel as going into a cantina right. as the original Star Wars, yep. and it didn't. Nope. And that that actually brought it down for me. Uh, so, well, I mean, like since when we they brought him his helmet back and they handed it to him, it was mm-hmm. full of coins. It's like, yeah. So he's going to walk out with a helmet full of coins? Come on, yeah. come on, Favs. Come on, Favs. You're you're better. Yeah, why don't we just get a car? Oh, why don't they get in, getting credits or something? Like I don't that? know. And I saw all these all people. Right. Well, I mean, that's what those were. Those were credits, essentially. I saw. Well, I mean, I like, saw these people online. Like, oh, thank you, Robert Rodriguez. Thank you so much. Um, like the reason Robert Rodriguez's episode with Boba Fett last season, of Mandalorian, was so good is because it's 19 minutes long. There was, was it, no, it was there was no room for him to yeah, Robert was Rodriguez up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's just far too much. This is a prestige TV show that is humanizing Tuscan Raiders. I'm sorry. When I see a Tuscan Raider, I want to see a lightsaber going through it. <laughs> that was the only good thing about Attack of the Clones, is when Anakin was like, "These things are monsters. They just killed my They're mom. They're animals, so I treated them like animals. So I treated them like animals, and I said goodbye, Tuscan Raiders." Slice and dice. So, so that's actually a great lead off to 
the Tuscan Raider heavy second episode well, hold on, hold before on, we go on. to that. So wait, hold on. Out of yeah. the first episode, um, out of yeah. f- five ruling by respects, what do you give it? I give it a two. A two. Uh, I, I actually was thinking about of a one point five to be honest, but I di- I have to admit I did like that first, um, that first five minutes of you know him escaping the Starlight Pit, and and this pro- probably shouldn't do, but I am going to do it. I gave it probably an extra half a point just because I I expected episode one to be bad because it was a series premiere. What about you? Uh, I gave it a two as well, and I was being generous. Um, yeah. Again, because pilots are always so bad, even though this is not technically a pilot. We got the backdoor pilot already. But that being said, <laughs> it was like, I don't know. It was, <laughs> I, I, found it, I found it really, really, really boring. Um, yeah. I have found these Disney Plus shows, save the Mandalorian, and 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 that gets some grace because it was a new, completely new thing, right? These first episodes for oh, and Wandavision. These first episodes for these these Disney Plus shows are bad. They're just they they're really they're really not they well are. thought out or paced. Um, they don't they don't set up the the series to like kick off on a high note. It's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And as we were talking about the Tuscan Raiders, we get a whole heap of Tuscan Raider in episode two, the tribes of Tatooine. That it, it's one that you appreciate. Uh, what's the saying? Like, hey, I appreciate the thought behind it. I just don't appreciate the execution. Yeah, and well, I will slightly disagree in this sense. I did. It, I thought it was cool seeing the cult, some of the culture of the Sand People. I thought it was way they use way too much time on it. Yeah, and and this is a and this is a great point. What you said earlier about Boba Fett. Boba Fett is not a good guy. No, he, he is we not. have the kinder, gentler teddy bear Disney version of Boba Fett. Yeah, so I would say him being able to find common ground with the Sand People is kind of in line with his character of being not a good guy. And yes, they are trying to humanize the sand people. But I, again, I thought certain things that they did, I thought it was a little bit interesting. I, I just, they spent way too much time for me on the past while in the present, in the now where, you know, after the assassination attempt by the, was it the brothers of the night wind or something along those lines? Yeah. That they, that the terrible, terribly choreographed fight scene at the end of season, uh, at the end of episode one, they did capture one of the assassin, would be assassin. I do love what Phoenix says. She was like, "They're terribly overpriced. You're just paying for the name." Right. That was that. That actually kind of made me laugh. I, I mean, Ming Na um, is always awesome. You know, I mean, she's. Yeah, I love her. She's she's used the perfect amount in this. Like any more would be too much. Any less would be not enough. Yeah, and again, Bubba is doing his best to you know find a place instead of being a captive. Yeah, he works his way out to being part of the same people. That's what he did. You know, I, I, in the don't, last I don't episode. like. I don't like the arrow esque flashbacks, and I really, I really did not like yes. them in this episode. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that we're done with it because we, we see how he got, you know, his uh, his what his stick, what's it called, his gaffy stick. Gaffy stick, yeah. Gaffy stick. And I'm hoping that too. 
I'm really hoping that you're as well, that we got the past, we got everything we needed. So now these, is it seven episodes? So these next four, next yeah. five episodes five is going episodes. to be about and Bubba. I, I or, thought it was, I thought it was six until today. So, I mean, the fact that it's seven, like it, it, it picks up a little bit, but like mm-hmm. <laughs> enough of the sand people enough. Yes. I mean, we got him, we got him in the Mandalorian and, Enough, yeah. <laughs> and very similar. I, and I, I will. I thought this episode was, you know, the pacing was a little bit better. There were, I mean, there were some cool scenes with him. Actually, not cool, but funny scenes of him trying to teach the Sand People how to ride speeder bikes. See, like and things like that, that whole, were fine. Like that was actually yeah. fun because it was like interesting yes. and different. And it's like, oh yeah, they would not know how to do that because they ride <laughs> panthers everywhere they Bampas. go. And you know, and, yeah. and walk in a single file line to hide their numbers. Um, but you know, it was interesting seeing the live action Pike on the spice train. Um, that was kind of cool. You know, I mean, neither one of these episodes are without their merit. Um, right. But at, at the same time, it's like you're, you're talking about this like overhyped character. Like, go overboard with this show. Like, make it like completely outlandish that this tired old you know clone because that's what he is crawled out of the sarlacc pit got jacked by a bunch of jawas became best friends with uh the uh tuscan raider super soldier and you know (laughs) now he's like the head of the of the underworld on tatooine like be completely over the top with it like go like go like full scarface I I think the biggest mistake they've made so far is giving him the line of I'm going to rule with respect. I'm going to rule with respect. Okay. Fine. No. And and it it reminds, unfortunately it's all too close to how Loki was in the sense of he was not the Loki that we saw. I will will say this though. He is not being cucked and stuck in a corner of his own show. He is not. No, he, they, they absolutely do a good job of making sure, you know, this is the title, the titular character. This is Boba Fett. I just want to see more. I will say for all my complaining about the Tusken Raiders, the little like, um, sand snake, that was guiding him or sand lizard that was guiding him to find a oh, stick. Oh, that went up his nose? Yeah. Like going and finding the stick and bringing it back. That was actually kind of neat. I like when talking yeah. about the culture, like that was good. The yeah. them trying to learn how to ride speeder bikes was good. Um, the, the just tactical, the terrible tactical ability to attack the train. Um, you know, again, it's, it's the whole thing. This is the one thing that bothers me with star Wars is everything they do is linear. There's no, there's no thought to the fact that like, hey, we're on these speeder bikes that can actually adjust how high or far off the ground oh, they I, are, yes. and they go fast. Why are we only attacking one side of the train? And if we're attacking the one side of the train, why don't we attack the part on the other side so they're not going to be shooting at our people? Yeah, that's a, and again, I. I, yeah, maybe it would take the sand people too long for that. But I don't know. But I'm, I'm, he's I'm a wa- bounty hunter. I'm watching it, and all I can think is, "How dare you!" <laughs> uh, 
and like you said, this this episode again was with, not without its merits because we meet uh, Jabba the Hutt's cousins, the twins. I don't know if I did. We did not catch their names. I don't know if they said them or not. Uh, but the baddest ass in in this whole episode was, and I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not fluent in Wookiee, so I'm gonna might right. jack this up. But right. it's Black Cursantin. Yeah, something and, like that. He's from the and Doctor that, Afro that, comic. Yeah. And that Wookiee, it, it, you know, we love, we, you know, we all love Chewbacca, but he would, he would work Chewbacca over something, something fierce just by looking at oh, him. Oh, yeah. And I, I want to see more of this character, which is yeah. kind of funny because, in a way, that's how it was with Boba Fett and Empire Strikes Back. You see this character in this cool armor, and it's like, I want to know more about this character. I mean, yeah. Like, I, I just hope all Black I want is to doesn't know, get the treatment as Bubba. Yeah, right. No, he's definitely going into a uh, into a Sarlacc. <laughs> but, but I we mean, get yeah. the the, the Fets are yeah. You know, then when we th- this episode ends with the Fets basically saying, "Hey, our cousin was the warlord, so it's rightfully ours." Right. And then Bubba's like, "Yeah, that's that's not going to happen." So we get the antagonist right now where it's going to be it's most and again there might be others but yeah. it seems like the the Fett twins are going to be or not the Fett but the Hut twins are going to be the antagonist they have a badass bodyguard Yeah, you know, we have 5 episodes left yeah they can they they, they can still salvage this and make this a very very good series Again, I think like so. The Mandalorian. As long as it's the flashbacks are done, like you can't you can't do this the whole series with flashback. All right, out of five homemade gaffy sticks. Yeah, I will give this a. I'll have to. I'll, I'll bump this up to a two point five because I thought this was def. This definitely built on what we saw in episode one. It did some things better. I thought the pacing was a little bit better. It had. The flashbacks were more interesting. I'm with you, though. I really hope this is the last we see of the spot flashbacks because I want to get to the here and now. Yeah. So what about you? I, I, I stuck with the two um, because, as you know, I don't like just because I gave the last one a two. It is not the same yeah, score. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just again, I like the whole thing with the mayor and, and, and the tradition and all or not. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was too, it's just, I don't know. I like, there's things I liked and I just, I still, I'm finding this show boring. Yeah, and and it's, I, it's, I admit I have a bias. I, I admit it. I do not like Boba Fett. I would have much rather had well, a Luke Skywalker series. Uh, I think we all would have. But, let's but be we already got, you know, three Luke Skywalker movies and, you know, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, think I and oh sorry, go ahead. What was, I was just saying, I like Bubba. I yeah, you know, I like the I like the idea of Bubba Fett. Let's just put it that way. And even I am I can't be I can't give this show the thumbs up that I want it because I really want to like it. I'm gonna absolutely keep watching. It 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 didn't crater for me, but there's a long way to go, and there's plenty of time to get there as long as they are cognizant of hey, we have five episodes to work with. We are not doing fillers. You can't do fillers with the seven episode season. Yeah, and I, I don't think they've done filler 
necessarily. No. I just don't think they've Other done shows narrative. on the Disney Plus have. Well, yes. Yeah. So, yes. Um, all right. So, yeah, I, you know, it, it's here's the thing. It's not bad, right? No. It's, it's just not, not, no, it's not bad. It's not up to the level of who this character is supposed to be. And it's also not up to the level of the universe building that they need to be doing at this moment to get people to forget about the sequel trilogy. What sequel trilogy? Oops, excuse me. Exactly. <laughs> I was I was trying not to cough and I burped. Anyway. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't transition. Yeah, it's really strange. Speaking of Yeah. Speaking of transitions, let's let's get something we both agree is get to something we both agree is been very good. Another short season, but the expanse. So we had two episodes to go through, episode four, readout, and mm-hmm. Episode five, why we fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to start off, uh, you know, I sent uh, Brian a message about why we, why this episode title should be breaking the cycle, and it was you know it wasn't necessarily Boba Fett had Boba Fett in mind, but it was more about the Expanse, and then more of Cobra Kai, which we'll get to afterwards. But I, what I found in the and I found that when I did a rewatch of you know both both series today or the last couple of days of that that idea of breaking the cycle one of the things we get in episode four of the expanse and now this is after i think it's episode four uh, let me see that's the one thing i didn't do a good job up here is i was doing more themes than breakdowns of the episode uh but before we start let me actually do give give everybody a breakdown of episode four of the expanse holden finds himself at odds with his crew when a controversial decision is uncovered on series avatarala struggles to contain an escalating humanitarian crisis and drummer's growing faction stages a daring raid with dire stakes while on the pella philip is demoted to repair skiff duty and makes an unexpected discovery so that's kind of like the summary. You know, you, we get all the moving yep. parts of where everyone is in the episode, and I mean, the best discovery kind is of, Philip finds out that the only thing he's good at is being a repair gift guy. <laughs> I I like. Well, I guess he's where, good at killing Innes. Yeah, I was, I was going to say he's good at that, and he's good at pouting too. So. But with this episode, yeah, this is off the heels of that just amazing battle we had with, you know, that three to one battle with mm-hmm. Marco and his fleet, Pella and his other two ships against the Rossinante, which they lost. And Holden had the chance to pretty much cut off the head of the Free Navy. And he doesn't do it. And we know why he did it even before that, even before this episode, episode four, we knew why he didn't do it. You could see, you know, how it. You know, not necessarily talking about the books, but I'm just talking about, you know, what you're seeing on screen play out where he's talking to Marco and then he sees Philip in the background. But he finally, you know, talks to Naomi about it. Uh, our, our girl Peaches finds out and tells Amos about it. Then this this was like in, in the first you know part half of the episode. And holding this in a very precarious spot with his crew because... Yeah when Amos confronts him about it, he's like, look, I usually follow your lead because you do the right thing. And we've heard this from Amos before, but 
you know, he asks him, he's like, what am I doing out here if not trying to win this war? Right. And Holden gets pissed at him, but he, Amos tells him, he's like, are you pissed because I'm asking or you don't have an answer? And that's right. And yes, mm-hmm. that right. Not too long after that, we get Holden telling Naomi, hey, I did this because I couldn't be the guy to kill your son, because no matter what, you would always see me as that, you know, paraphrasing a little bit. And that is true. You, we know Naomi as much as she would try, she would see Holding as that. I don't know. I mean, that's a very human thing. But from a standpoint of being a soldier in an uh, in a war that is taking place across the solar system, not sure if that was the greatest of decisions. No, I mean, and especially considering <clears throat> what Marco has done and 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 what the Pella means to the Free Navy, he really yes. should have ended Marco and Phil. I mean, obviously he can't because then the series as it's going is done and he can't continue from, right. from the story. <laughs> so, you know, the Pella's plot armor was really like, you know, the, the, the plating was really thick there. But I think, uh, I think the thing to really, really, really think about is that Naomi for, for everything that she's been through over the last two seasons, right now, James has inadvertently put anybody who dies now at the hands of the Pella on her conscience. Um, yeah, and as, she tells him that. And right, but as as your girl would say, you know, I've got a lot of red in my ledger. And, mm-hmm. you know, Naomi has a lot of red because she, her claim to fame in the OPA was writing a line of code that would make the magnetic bottle on any ship falter and make the drive explode. And so she killed, yeah. like, her code killed a lot of people. She did not do it. When she realized what they were going to do with it, she, she, that's when she ran off. Like, that's when she left Marco and Philip, right? Um, right. But, but this now, it, it's just like that all over again. It's because of something to do with her that now more people might die or are going to die. And that kind of goes back to, you know, the dying part or killing part. And you mentioned this to me, how great the scenes between Holden and Peaches have been in both episodes. I mean, even the episode before this, too. So in episode, you know, three, four or five so far, like Clarissa and and, and Holden, like one, those two actors have a great chemistry together. But two, just the way he's come around to Clarissa it it's just he this is as close to like the end of the f- second three books holden as we're gonna get because mm-hmm. they took away him solving the problem him solving the thing of the ring gates with monica yeah right they took yeah. that away and they gave it to naomi fine i really think that's not a big deal but the 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 Holden that we're talking about is not the angry Holden from before the meteors hit Earth. It is not the the reluctant hero of the Cant version of Holden. This is a really mature Holden who is making very pragmatic decisions about what is kind of. So I'm gonna like kind of spoil something. So like Daniel Lapusso says, you have to win the right way. Right, and and his mm-hmm. only way of winning is Miyagi Do. Holden is trying to win by being human. 
Yes. And and he's the only human because like the Belters are humans. The Martians are humans. There's, you know, these are all humans. There's none there's no aliens here. Um they're just different versions of of the same vintage, right? Um and and he's trying to remind everyone that we are human. We have to do this together. Um and and so the the way he he has to handle Naomi. It's sad and it's heartbreaking. Um, and in the next episode, it lined up a really stupid scene because they want you to think that Naomi's going to do something. And yeah, I, I put this squarely on the shoulders of Ty Frank because he wrote this at him and Daniel wrote the second episode. Oh, I'm sorry. They wrote oh, episode five. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's refreshing. I think Steve Strait plays the character so well that yeah, um, it, it's it's fun to see. But at, at the same time, it's like, man, this is this is the Holden we should have had for the last seven episodes of this show, leading back to the previous season. What you said, uh, or him him being human and seeing everybody the same. Like, this is not this is not something new in the sense because I, early in the one of the first couple seasons he says there shouldn't be a them or us. And so for people who are watching this show on Amazon prime, I don't know if everybody knows there is this, there are these shorts after each episode or that are taking place. I think a little bit after each episode, they're like five minutes long at most. And the, the one for episode five, and I, you'll understand why I bring this up. It's called remember the can. And it's just holding, you know, we get holding just looking at, that you know that graphic of whoever you know spray painted the him his face and remember the can right from see back back in season one and he says goodbye to monica as she's going somewhere but then we do a flashback speaking of you know with flashbacks and we see you know mcdowell from the can't the canterbury his com- his commanding officer having trouble on series because he's human obviously he's a Urta, and the belters are not too you know enthralled with him and right. then he sees this guy like just laughing it up with the belters mm-hmm. and it's Holden. Yeah. And he, and the, he says, he says, he says this to Holden in front of the belters. You're pretty good with these people. And Holden just gives him this look and he, he, and I forgot the exact line, but he's like, there's no, he's basically says we're all the same. There's yeah. no different. You know, we're all people. He gets his uh, and, Robert Downey know, jr. From uh traffic thunder. What do you mean? These people? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I thought about that. What, guy said what that, do you that mean, <laughs> these people? <laughs> but going back to the Holden, and this continues with this whole break the cycle you know, theme, where Holden and Peaches are talking, and she says, do you know when I decided I didn't want to kill you anymore? And she tells him how when he and Naomi, when they were, you know, they had no weapons and they were going on the bridge, and he said that we were all just reaching for violence. Let's, can we try something else? And that kind of like, and, and Holden just kind of laughs at that. And he says, we're still trying to kill our way to a better tomorrow. Yep. And he's trying to break that cycle of, and, and you hear it again, uh, that the idea that when in, in episode five, when Bobby and, Amos are talking and she says, you know, we're not going to, he, he asks, do you think we'll win? And she says, no, I don't think we'll lose either. 
Right. It's just going to be the same thing. Our, our ancestors a hundred years from now are just going to be killing each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just this continual cycle of violence that we see everywhere. I mean, I, I, I'm, I know they're not, I don't know if they're necessarily trying to do this in a direct way, but anyone who knows even little bits of history of our world can kind of relate to how certain people, and when I say certain people, like whether it be tribes or, you know, different countries have this cycle of being unable to come to terms with one another without bloodshed. And it's holding is like you said, Brian, Holden's is that one. He's, he's trying to reach for something other than violence. Yep. I mean, it's, he's such a great character. He's, you know, he's just, Sorry, hit the wrong button. He's a great character. He's he's a, he's the the sen, sentimental Don Quixote quixotic character, right? right. Um, or not sentimental. <laughs> he's the quintessential um, yeah. Don Quixote quixotic. Sentimental, character. Quind- quintessential. Yeah. He is sentimental though. That's 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 his yeah, superpower. Um, but I, I think at the at the end of everything. Right with 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 the show and 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 with the books and and that sort of thing. What we need to remember is, he's a good man first and foremost. Who much like Mark Grayson in the Invincible comic, um, not so much the simp version of Mark Grayson in the in the cartoon, is he has an unwavering sense of right and wrong, and when he when he believes he's right, he will do whatever it takes to protect the people around him to make sure that they're safe. And um, I was just having a conversation about this earlier today. Most fiction now does not understand the, the hero's journey, the Joseph Campbell's hero's no. journey. And if you look at Holden, he doesn't follow the prototypical hero's journey, especially like, you know, in, in, the, in the Joseph Campbell, um, you know, school of, of heroic thought. But he's still very much a hero. There's no anti-hero to him. He the choices no. he makes, especially when he has to take a life, it is done so reluctantly. Um, and and I just I find him to be like in the books. He's my favorite point of view character, one hundred percent. And, and oh, here, yeah. here, especially the last couple seasons, because they have focused more on Naomi. And like again, as much as I love Karaji, there's far too much drummer in this show and they, they have, they have, they've given hold in the backseat that he should not be in. Yeah. Uh, and that, that reluctance to kill, as you say, was it season two where he blows up that ship because he doesn't know what they're there for when they're, um, like at, at the asteroid and, you know, because the whole thing about the proto molecule and him not wanting it to get into other people's hands or anybody's hands, he actually is the one that actually fires the missile to blow up that ship. Right. And his reaction is, is a testament to how much he hated to do it. But at the same time, he felt like he had to do it. And that's, that's the thing I like about Holden is, and again, I'm I'm a sucker for for the hero. Uh, yes, I do like anti heroes, but 
there's a reason why I love Captain America. There's, you know, a reason why I'm a, I'm a fan of Superman um, because they stand, it, it, there's, there's not necessarily any that shades of gray. Yes, everybody has shades of gray, but I'm talking about from an overall perspective of right and wrong. And that, that can be a detriment to some of those heroes sometimes, you know, Superman gets, you know, sometimes he's naive, but it's, it's the fact that, what they do with Holden is he has that strong sense of right and wrong, but it, it has a, it, that type of strong sense also has a toll on him when he has to do something he needs to do, but people that he hurts people that he don't, doesn't think necessarily should be hurt. Right. Right. And I'm with you. And we've talked about this so many times on and off the air about, the modern state of writing he, uh, heroes and I use heroes in a air quote sense because a lot of these characters aren't heroes uh, because the writers aren't talented enough or they're mm-hmm. too cynical to write a true hero. And that's one of the reasons why I love Holden because he has that just that, that strength of character that he's going to do what he feels is right yeah. Even if it hurts him. Okay. So with uh, why we fight out of five glitter bombs, what do you give it? Why we fight or read out first. Oh, cause... sorry. Read out. My bad. So read out uh, after watching it. I, I give that. I, I'm no, not this is lie. out of I'm five severed give... arms, which we did not even talk about Joseph losing his yes, arm. Which but was, that was gnarly. That was horrific. That like, that's, oh, yeah, that was crazy. Anyway. Um, so out of the yeah, first so one. I, so yeah. Read out. I give them. Uh, I give it a four out of five. Uh, okay. Severed arms. I, I think this. It, it you know it was a calm down from just that battle intensive episode three, but still we're moving forward. We get, and and again I didn't even mention you know who what we get in that episode in. On Laconia, we get we meet Duarte, Admiral yeah, Duarte. I, I was gonna I was gonna talk about all that like in a, in a sec. Um, so I just want okay. to get the score so, yeah. on that one because the the way we're going is the other thing that just in that vein of Holden, and I'm gonna segue into Duarte, is okay when he convinces Avazarala to share the information, like and he's talking to her, like this is a different, this is a less feral Chrissy than we've ever yeah. <laughs> seen before right she yeah. is she is her most dangerous right now because she is she is cool and she is cunning and and she is doing things the right way the holden way and this is this is the and and you know the character of Avazarella never admit this but the effect of spending all of this time all these years with and around james holden's orbit has changed her and she is she is almost living the life by I see a button I press a button, yeah. Except for and, like the buttons now that she's pressing are like the right ones instead of the hanging the the belter on the hooks to suffocate him. And the, and that is huge when you like bringing that up because she says the belters hate me for what they saw me as, and they were right but that's not me anymore. Again, these characters are evolving. They're growing. They're, they're for the most, most of these characters aren't stagnant. And again, you can't, 
you want to break any type of cycle, you can't be stagnant. You can't be okay where you are. You have to, whether it be circumstances forcing you or your own inner monologue forcing you to change, that has to be, there has to be some type of impetus to push you towards becoming a more well-rounded, a better person. And, you know, Ava Zarala, she's, she's been the hard ass for so many decades and her, and seeing her, like you said, in James Holden's orbit, looking at things, stepping back a little bit more and look in the sense of, you know, these people are against us. They have to die. I'm going to hang this guy on the hook because I can. That's what she said. She was like, I did it because I could. And finding right. a better way yep. is, I mean, it, that just shows how far. And again, she's, a, you know, she's much older than Holden. So her growing in that way is even more impressive to me because of where she comes from and mm-hmm. how long she's been doing it the way she's been doing it. Yeah. And, and again, I, I, I put that firmly on, on the shoulders of the influence of, of the Rossi crew. Yeah. Um, okay. So segue from Christian and in, in Holden to Duarte. So one, we meet Winston Duarte finally in, in um, why we fight. And it's because Kara has brought Zan, or uh, Zan has died, and Kara is grieving, and parents are grieving, and Duarte shows up. And you do not know this is Winston Duarte. They, there was no pomp. There was none of the pomp and circumstance from Strange Dogs to this character. Mm-hmm. And I think this is like the realest version of the character is because he, we just got him in this, like, kind of already in the scene of him talking to Kara about you know, he lost something. She's lost something. They, they both experienced loss. She was supposed to be going back to earth and, and everything has changed. Right. And when he talks about, you've lost something special to you, your brother. And she asked, did you, have you lost anyone? And he said, no, but I lost a place. And you forget at this point in the series, how important Mars is to these Martians. And, yeah. and I use Martians just as like, like I would use Cincinnatian or, you know, uh, Michigander. Ohio and yeah, yeah. It, it's, you, it's your, your place of birth. Like there's, he's still human for now. Uh, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> um, anyway, but he, he tells her, I, I'm, I'm, I, I lost a place that meant something to me. And I, I didn't even bother to look up who the actor was, but I thought he was spot on perfect. And if they do the sequel books, like they have to get this guy back. Yeah, it was it was funny because of the way I was watching it. It was at night and I didn't because you were talking about, how, you know, his name tag says his name on it says Duarte. Yeah, but I, I didn't see pa- that. I deposited and look because it was it was pretty well hidden. But when he said I lost the place, my ears perked up. I said, wait a minute, is that Duarte? And I, I just thought that scene was. Like there's a subtleness to that. Like you said, there could have been, you know, they could have introduced him regardless of what happens in the book. They could have introduced him in a, in a military perspective, but there was something about showing him in that moment of, of someone else's crisis of losing someone they love paint, making him a human character, which again, right now. Yeah. I think that is so important because this guy is not, um, you know, even though this guy's not a Marco Inaris in the sense of being in love with himself. Right. 
Duarte is again he comes from Mars and you, we know about the, the the ideas of duty and honor are to the Martians Duarte is there for a purpose a purpose greater than his own and than his own you know his own place of Mars and people can you know you can argue that uh, the same you know there are similar aspects of that with Marco but Marco is while Marco is charismatic, he do, he's looking at he's looking at the small picture. While Duarte is a m- m- big picture guy, he Duarte is the macro, while Anaris is the micro. Yeah, that is a perfect way of looking at it. I mean, I would almost say uh, Duarte is the fanatic, and Marco is the tourist. <laughs> I mean, he that, is. He's no, a that, he's that. a tourist. He's 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 pretending to be a leader, and he's not. And you know, no, again, being being book readers, we we know what really does Marco in. But um, it it might sound exactly like I mean, hubris. But <laughs> um, we see we see it now. Is is where Rosenfeld, who I I is like the perfect foil or the perfect you know right hand man for him because. You know, when he says, hey, space these people, and then if they oh, yeah. ask for mercy, space the captain. And yeah. she says, he's like, did you space the captain after he begged for mercy for his crew? She was like, no. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, because what it, it makes you look weak. And Marco is, in in a way, he's, he's, a, he's a child because he throws tantrums. Mm-hmm. When things don't go his way, despite the charisma, despite the confidence that he exudes, there's a lot of insecurity within him. And... People say, yeah, you know, I've, I've watched some reactions to shows to say, is Marco really about the belt? And I'm just talking about what we see on the show. Because, yeah. again, the books, you get different. You get the, the inner thoughts of these characters, which you can't really do on the show. Yeah. And I'm so from a show perspective, you know, I think he cares for his people, but he care. I, I, I will say that he cares for his brand more than his people. Right. Um, yeah. The Marco in, in, brand. At least in the show. Yeah, he's walking around. He's like, "I'm that bitch show." <laughs> Congrats, Jade. Uh, anyway, no, no, that makes that makes perfect perfect sense. All right, so uh, out of five glitter bombs, what do you give? Um, why we <laughs> glitter <fight>? bombs? This <laughs> because Amos was cl- covered in in belter yeah. stripper <laughs> stripper yeah, glitter. I, I I give this uh I'll give this a four as well. It had a couple great scenes uh because we do see drummer lose the last two people of her family, mm-hmm. but not because they die, because they decide to move on from this fight. Uh but we give that great scene between Bobby and Amos when they're talking about why you why mm-hmm. you fight. Yep. The you know episode title. And it's and she says you know, in the end, the only thing that matters is fighting for who's covering your flank. Yep. Um, they're your people. They watch your back. You watch theirs. Or you got nothing. I, I don't feel. And, oh, sorry. Go ahead. And the, and the last thing for this, and again, kind of going back to that theme of breaking the cycle, Monica has been doing a great job with her reports. Mm-hmm. And the one report she has with this guy that has a cat, <laughs> he calls lazy earther because it's fat and, it, you know, it's lazy it's and everything. Fat, spoiled. But he said. Yeah, he says it's not the inners in the belt. It's the people who want more hate and the ones who just want to live. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired of the hate. 
just tired. I can't even wash my hands. There's no water. That kind of goes with that breaking the cycle of, hey, you got to stop seeing each other as belters and inners. Because if you do, we're going to keep butting heads. We have to find common ground. And we do finally get that potential common ground between Drummer Mm -hmm. and Avizarala, who they make a pact of a belter and an inner working together to hunt down belters. A belter and an inner walk into a bar. <laughs> no, um, no, you're, you're spot on. I, I think, I think it's funny because considering like Ty Frank, right, and 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 mm-hmm. kind of the the political leaning he has, and, and, and the fact that a lot of the the you know the talk about like the Belters and like the inners and, and who who's helping who and, and why, and you know, who's the inner's pet and isn't, um, I think they did a really good job and I give this a four, uh, as well. They did a really good job of like just balancing out that like tension that needed to be there, but then the reluctant Mm -hmm. partnership, um, which ended up coming from, uh, Avasarala and, and drummer, uh, but I, I I think the other thing, and I almost give this a, a 4.5 because of the rail guns. I almost did too. On, oh, man. on Medina Station. Ooh, the the Like man. seeing that, like that was one of the coolest things from the book, right? The rail gun. And in, in the book, we got to, we got to read about them like building it. And yeah. this time we just get to see it done. And, you know, but it's the Laconian version of a rail gun. I thought I thought that was kind of interesting, um, and then the Rossi getting the uh, the proto molecule. Uh, oh, the lace skin. Uh, sheet. Yeah, oh, yeah. The uh, what's it called? The lace uh, panels or something? I forgot what they call it. The the latticed panels, but um, the latticed. Yeah, yeah. So like the gra- the uh, lattice with graphene. Anyway, but I, <laughs> uh, um, what um, batteries with graphene lattice? Thanks, Ian. Uh, <laughs> I, I just in 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 James just reluctance to to accept the proto molecule tap tech on his home. Um, I thought I thought it was really cool. So I'm excited to see. I mean, I I thought as far as the penultimate episode goes, there was just a little bit of spinning the wheels, and yeah, I I think. I think this needs two more episodes in this season. I think it needed I, to go really all the way. Do. I think it needed to go all the way to eight. And, and that yeah. six is just not enough because they're unless gonna, we're oh sorry go ahead unless we're I said unless we're gonna get a like a true ninety minute episode or something along those lines I still think there's gonna be things that they leave out that they didn't need to leave out if they would have just gave us another episode or something along those lines yeah all I know about next week's episode is it's called Babylon's Ashes which is the name of the the last book of of that. Um, trilogy and uh it's directed yeah. by Breck Breck Eichner or Eisner who is the showrunner and it comes out on the 14th. <laughs> oh man, I I'm still nervous, but I mean they I mean this season has delivered uh it it it's assuaged a lot of my worries about losing Cass Anver. Yeah. Also having a shortened season, but I really hope they can stick the landing next week. Mhm. Uh I really hope they can stick that landing. 
yeah, I, I still think losing Cass is huge. Um, just because he's such an, he was, Alex was such an important character, but they've done a good job, like, you know, playing his music and thinking about him and talking about him. So. I love that scene. Yeah. Playing the music. Um, and, and again, just a reminder for folks that the five and next week there will be six uh, shorts. I'm assuming there's going to be one for next week. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They're they're they're, they're that the rest pause moments you get sometimes, uh, like the beats between scenes. Maybe uh, that's the best way to say it. Yeah, which it, it they're, they're more character studies than they are prolong or pushing the plot forward but i thought and again for you know 25 minutes and because that's you know all of them together maybe 25 minutes right it's it's they're worth a watch um they're they're the one shot they're called it's called they're all called one ship but they also have their own title and i you know you haven't i don't think you have gotten a chance to watch i haven't watched any of them so i need to do it on my tablet um because i usually watch on the apple tv but but yeah all right let's let's uh Let's move on. Yes. Uh, Let's move on it's, to... Uh, it's karate fighting time. The Golden Lamb, Cobra Kai season four. All right. First off, Which, the, the guy that was doing the tournament, the, oh, the announcer. The, the announcer. The, enough. Oh. No more. No more. He was bad enough in season one. I did not think he would be worse in season four. Although I do want to congratulate yeah. him on the weight loss because he looked great. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He looked really good because uh, he was he was kind of poorly in the first, like you know, I mean, whatever. But he looked really good. Um, he was just like so, just like Mark, what's his name, Ruffalo, just chewing up time on screen. It's like enough is enough, and God, does the valley not have anything to do but watch karate fighting of little kids? They're sick. <laughs> They're sick. That's yeah. what they are. How dare you? That's what, number three? I yeah, think. number three. It's a record, I think. <laughs> so, again, this this is one of those. So the way I did this is I didn't break down the episodes, but I broke down kind of the character arcs. And I kind of want to talk about my, the moat for me, the most surprising character of yeah. season four. Do do we want to just surpri- do we want to do our rating just up front and just knock it out? Oh, as far as our characters? No, just like like out of ten, yeah, yeah. out of ten tornado oh, kicks, uh, out of ten tornado kicks to the face. Words are hard. What do you what do you give it? Yeah, I'll give it. Um, I have to, I'll give it a nine. It was everything I wanted and more. Uh, for the most part, uh, there were, there were disappointment, one or two disappointments here or there, but even those were still fun and there's still no show out there that does nostalgia and right. combines the nostalgia with, with the modern day things that are changing from that nostalgia and they, it just marries it in such a great way. So a nine out of 10. Yeah. What oh, about you? I, I do. I did eight out of 10. Um, but only because there were a couple episodes that I felt were a little too long and spoilers bringing stingray back was a hundred percent unnecessary even for how it ended um I I just did not think bringing that character back was necessary it was it was one of the few like missteps and I get it that guy I like that actor he was great in uh, Richard Jewell the uh the Clint Eastwood movie oh, about that was the Richard Jewell Atlanta he? bombing 
uh, during yeah. the Olympics. But I, like Stingray's story was over. Like there was no reason to rehash that. And, and the fact that, you know, when he showed up and he was talking to the now Miyagi-Do kids, yet he still went with Cobra Kai, even though all of his friends were, were now Miyagi-Do. Yeah. Like, I, I just, like, I, I just did not, you know, I did not find that uh, an interesting study in character. <laughs> and that was one of the things that, bo- that I won't say it bothered me, but I thought that it was a little disappointing. Yes, I love the character, and I even the scenes you were in was in I liked, but just because I liked it, I don't think it was necessary. Um, and yes, they did use him in a in a, in a very cool way at the end of you know at the end of the season, but again, that could have they could have done that another they they could have gone that route somewhere or somehow without using him necessarily. Uh, now, did you want to do our top five characters? So then, you know, when we're talking about the arcs, or did you want to just yeah. me to just no? Let's tell do you that. about my surprise. We'll, okay. we'll we'll do our we'll do our top five characters. Okay. Um, can I go first? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go first. Okay, for me, it's always the one true karate kid, Miguel Diaz, uh, as my okay. number one. Tori Nichols was number two because I felt like she had an amazing arc this season and um as far as bad guys goes she's the most sympathetic bad guy that's ever been uh hawk is number three because i loved i loved the breaking down of eli um Mm -hmm. dimitri was number four uh because i felt like he kind of came into his own and i think gianni did a great great job um you know rolling that and then Terry Silver is number five, but it's just because I'm a Terry Silver stan. And when my hair, <laughs> now, like, so now when I'm at the gym and I pull my hair back, I'm like, oh no, I'm just putting my Terry Terry Silver hair on. <laughs> Does that music play in you know in the background? Yes, and you do that one hundred percent. And then like uh, I telegraph my wheel kick. Okay. <laughs> so a couple of we'll, we'll have a, a, the same on a couple, but it's, it's pretty different. Uh, number one for me is is Johnny. I absolutely just, you know, you would think that his shtick would be tiresome, but he's still, there's, they still do it in such a way that it's never tiresome. And they do some, and they always show a little different parts of his character. And I like how they're showing him opening up. Uh, and we'll talk about it more. I really love the scene between him and Robbie that we get, you know, at the end. Uh, number two. It's funny enough, Tori, because I thought her arc was incredible. Yeah. And just seeing her from going to from, you know, the world is against me to understanding that people can help. And with that, I give an honorable honorable mention to Amanda. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought you know, she, she was great. Yeah. Amanda Laposo is is definitely like, <laughs> tied to Tori's story. So number three, and this shocked me and it'll probably shock you. Uh, number three for me is Robbie. Uh, for no, the first I, three seasons, if you would have said Sam, I would have been shocked at this point. Oh, you're, I'm not done with my list. No, I no, know, I'm but kidding. I'm saying, like, I'm saying, no, <laughs> but, no, yeah. no. I think ranking Sam this high would have been. No, I think Robbie had a really, really interesting arc. Um, mm-hmm. but I liked, I, I, I just really liked. Demi- I like the change in Dimitri. He's still a little like 
weirdo. But like, yeah, he's a confident he's a weirdo now. Confident, yeah. And 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 I just like I enjoyed the character this season, especially when he was trying to help Eli. Yeah, I. So with Robbie, I think I not only do I think there's better writing. First of all, the actor forgot his name. He, he he's he's done some lifting uh, between seasons because oh, he was pre- Tan- pretty jacked. Tanner Buchanan got jacked. He is so freaking jacked. I was like, dude. All right, thumbs up. So, uh, but I not only just from him from a physical standpoint he he just feel feels feels like more of a of a, a cobra kai guy but i thought he is his acting has vastly improved over the seasons because i mean you see that with certain actors especially when they're young as as they go on they just get better and i thought he did such a great job and i really want to can't wait to talk about you know that scene i, I mentioned with johnny because it talks it's 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 actually the impetus that pushed me towards thinking of breaking the cycle. Number four is Eli. I really like, you know, the, the, the hill he had to climb, how he was, you know, Hawk soaring and he got his wings clipped and he had to find his way back. And number five, yeah, let's pull uh, one out was, for the Mohawk. Oh man, dude, that was brutal. That was seriously, that was some prison stuff right I, there. I thought they were going to like, tattoo him. Yeah, I thought they were gonna attach like too, a cobra a on his face or something. Yeah, I thought that too, but I think the uh, they 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 showed restraint. <laughs> well, but the the visual of him coming out with the tattoo with the um with the mo with the 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 mohawk gone, but just the wisps looking like a bird still. Yeah, I don't know. So number five is the newest character is Kenny, and I I really like T- Kenny because there was. There was sort of a parallel between Kenny. Well, there's a couple parallels, like parallel between Kenny and Hawk, mm-hmm. and Kenny and like Daniel in the way of. Well, I won't say. I will just look at it as Hawk in the sense of when Eli first came to the scene and was getting bullied. Everybody called him Lip and all mm-hmm. this stuff, and Johnny told him, "Dude, you have to change the game, or you have to change the narrative." And Robbie taking Kenny under his wing and Kenny becoming the last thing Robbie wanted him to, uh, again, I, I don't, I've never seen this kid before the actor, but I really, you know, I, I really like this kid. Yeah. Uh, his name's Dallas Dupree young. Yeah. I, I really liked him and I really like to see where he, and it's just that whole, he didn't break the cycle. He restarted the cycle or he changed the cycle in the sense of he went from being bullied to when Anthony, who is, you know, Dan, Daniel and Amanda's son, who was who was part of the bully crowd that bullied him, when he comes to apologize, he says, oh, no, you're going to be the bullied one now. So, in, yeah, I know we talk about, you know, breaking the cycle. That's a cycle that, you know, changed. It just went in a different direction. It was never broken. And that was a very, very important scene for Robbie and his development. So those are my top five. That's a good list. I like that. Yeah, I, I liked Kenny. I thought Kenny was a welcome addition. Um, I, I think uh, the foil for Kenny with um, Anthony Laposo, uh, mm-hmm. that kid was awful. I mean, one, I, I do not like that kid as an actor, right? Yeah, I, 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 mean, I do not like Yeah, He's just not a Gri- Griffin Santa Perito or something like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, just not, not the best 
actor. Um, so fine, but they, they gave him like way too much to do, um, as Anthony. And And then Anthony was just, Anthony's been a horrible character since we met him. And it, it, it just would have been nice to like have Anthony like grow like everybody else. And I was, they, and that's the one thing they try to show him apologizing, but apologizing doesn't mean you necessarily mean you've truly grown. Uh, you can say sorry and mean it, but that did, like they didn't show enough. Yeah, they didn't show enough of him getting to that point yeah. of, man, man, what I did was really messed up, and I've disappointed my parents. I disappointed, you know, those around me. I'm hanging around with bad kids. Right. Yeah. They, we never got that. Uh, so Kenny's reaction to that is understandable. I well, and, and well, the other thing too is Kenny in that moment is feeling super betrayed by Robbie because Robbie hurt yeah. him. Robbie hurt him bad. Like that was that was a really oh, just, that was an interesting scene with that with that um axe kick, right? Like yeah. it's like, oh my god, did he just kill? <laughs> did he just kill Kenny? For a second oh I my thought god, that he yeah. killed Kenny, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think. Yeah, I, I just, and that's true. And he not only did he, you know, so his emotions are high because he'd lost, but he'd lost to his, basically his mentor, Robbie, in a way that was, I mean, just, it wasn't just he'd lost, he got destroyed. Um, So he has all of that. And again, a young kid, you know, just, it, just coming into uh, his power mm-hmm. and, that's all he can think of is he sees his tormentor and he says, okay, this is someone I can take out my anger, frustration, my rage against, because again, you have a mother. We never saw her because he was, she was always at work. His father's is, you know, deployed somewhere. His brother is in juvie. Yeah. So, which that was a great tie in. I think the, yes, it the, was. I know, thought it was great. I, I just, that was really good. Um, I said there was no alley this season. Yeah. I, I guess there that would have been. I mean, I would have rather had her than Stingray. Yeah, but again, I don't know if she was necessary. No, because her story and her relationship with Johnny was. I won't say over in the sense of you know it's over, but as far as it was resolved. Sure. Which again, talk about. You know, common awkward comedy is some of the greatest stuff, and watching Miguel. In early, you know, in the first or second episode, when they're eating with his mom, talking about how Johnny was like, you know, the love of his life, and this, that, and the other, it was great. Uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it was one of those things that I, I just love that type of awkward comedy, uh, especially at the dinner table yeah. for whatever reason, you know. So, but uh, now, did you want to talk about a little bit more about the individual characters? Because can I, I to be honest? Miguel, for me, was a little bit of a disappointment. But when I say disappointment, in most other shows, the way he was, he still would have been one of the best characters. I just think, like, like the characters I mentioned, I just yeah. like their arcs better. That's not to say he didn't have his own strong no, arc. No, I, I think uh, his, the 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 importance of his, his arc was really subtle, right? Mm-hmm. Because he is searching for a father figure. He really is. That that's what like 
because he thought he had it in Johnny. And he sees the cracks in Johnny. And, and he understands he's much more grown up than Johnny's ever going to be. Um, but he's loyal. He's loyal to Johnny and, and, and what Johnny has done for him. I mean, come on. He taught him how to walk again when he was told he was never going right. to do that. And then I think, I at least I hope he sees through Daniel's bullshit. Um, I, I, and if not, like that kind of that worries me about the direction of the character. But I think he sees through Daniel, which is why he took off to look for his real dad um, at the end. But I, I think instead of yeah, yeah. But one, the bait and switch of him getting hurt in the tournament was great. Like as far as like, oh my god, they just like Miguel is everything's undone. Like he's hurt again. And it was a muscle, but then actually doing the brave thing and not going back out there. And yeah. plus his heart wasn't even in it. So he knew, like he knew, um, and I would say still, he's almost done undefeated because nobody like, you know, nobody scored a point <laughs> against him, but, uh, he had a DNF <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, but I, I thought just the strength for him to, 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 follow his own path right um which led which led into the like what's an uber which johnny said like three times during the season which i thought was hilarious and no one bothers to explain it to him um but i i thought they did a good job of like telegraphing what was gonna happen while at the same time leaving you like wait he's not going back out there because when, when, when Johnny walks away, it's like, all right, he's going to come out and it's going to be that moment and he's going to go on to win. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, he's not coming out and Hawk's going to win because he told Daniel he's just going to go in the whole fucking thing. Um, yeah. And, which was great. Which was. And, 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 and we'll, we'll, we'll get to Eli. But I think Miguel had to deal with the, the mantle of champion as well as he possibly could knowing that he'd been maimed and, and knowing that while he can still fight and he can still go, that's not his, that is not his main motivation this year. His main motivation is his connection and finding out who he is. And, and for a show that's built on nostalgia to have a character looking towards his own future, I thought was a great, like it was the metaphor of when they were all in the water trying to grab the fish and he was the first one to do it because he figured out how to swim with the fish and not yeah go backwards yeah and and uh that's what the one things i i you know i had it here the, what uh, the uncertainty of what he means to johnny because you know there's no doubt johnny loves him uh but what one of the things when they're fighting after the party that robbie says is says to him which really gets to him uh whereas when he says that he's just you're just a stand-in for me, basically, and right, and that's that's you know Miguel's you know uncertainty lies in that is you know like this guy who yes he did teach me to walk and he he I know he loves me, but is he compensating for messing up with his his own son, and you know having a father figure is great, but I at least let me know my own father. Uh, and which, by the way, the kind of the idea that his father doesn't even know he exists. 
Right. Like, how is that going to affect things between him and his mother? And who's his dad? You know, when he, it better be Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to let you go because you're family. You're family. Here's, <laughs> here's the keys to your Toyota Supra. Family. <laughs> here's your here's, here's your ten se- here's your ten second car in a Corona family. <laughs> yeah, we drive it a quarter mile at a time <laughs> for a quarter mile or, le- or for ten seconds or less. In that quarter mile, I feel alive, just like you do in that three minutes or less in the karate mat. <laughs> <laughs> but you, your word, the the phrasing you used. Where you said it was subtle. I like that. It was. It was super subtle. There, it was, yeah. There was a subtle nature about Miguel the whole season, and he didn't he didn't exude that same type of, you know, charisma. And it wasn't because the actor was bad. It was because it was a, a distinct choice that they made. And that was one of the things I noticed early on. I was like, Miguel doesn't seem like, you know, that Miguel Diaz that I knew for the first couple of seasons. But then as the season went on, you understood why, especially you know, when they had that talk, him and Johnny eating watermelon, <laughs> and they, they were talking about their fathers and, and you know how Johnny said he never went to look for his father because he was scared. Right. Of, yeah. and, and that also adds to your point of him being in a better place than Johnny will ever be because he's still scared. He says it yeah. in that note they, that he leaves. But guess what he does? He still does it anyway. He got in the He still Uber. goes to look for he the He got father. in the yeah. Uber. <laughs> He's going to Mexico. Yep. <laughs> Mexico. Um, yeah, no, I just, I, I really, I really liked him. So I just, I, I like, one, I like Zolo. I like him as, as an actor. I really liked him on Parenthood as, um, oh, Jesus. My brain is gone because <laughs> stupid medicine. Um Anyway, but no, I really liked him on Parenthood. I, I thought he was he was really good in that one, and I I, I like him in this. I, I I call him the one true Karate Kid as Victor. That's who he was. Um, he, to me, he is the one true Karate Kid. I think I think the show is built around him. In in a way, yes. Uh, as the future of the franchise, while we still have Johnny and Ralph Macchio. Uh, to quote Barney Simpson, <laughs> as uh, as the as the connection to the past. Yeah, and I I just got to say that to your point when you were talking about Daniel, uh, for someone who I, I don't know, I just I had a problem with him, and, and and yes, he had some great scenes with, especially the you know playing off of Johnny. I, I think they had some great scenes together, but his just stubbornness to and dismissiveness that that's better, more of a better word, because even after, you know, they have that, you know, that bonding at the uh, ice rink, he's like, so Dan, now do you respect my karate? And he says, yes, as much as I respect the crazy <laughs> man with the nuke, right? which kind of funny, but he still can't. As far as at that point in time, despite him using that aggression, it, it takes him forever to finally admit that, hey, there's not necessarily just just because this is my right way mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's for everybody else. And that he does learn that lesson at the, you know, at, right. towards the end. And he finally breaks that idea of his way being the only way or yeah. Miyagi-Do being the only way. Mm hmm. 
And that was, a, an, again, one of those breaking that idea of, hey, I know what's best. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe I can learn something from someone else, even if that someone else was my mortal enemy back in the day. And, he, you know, I love watching them come together. Oh, at the end. At, you know, at the, at the tournament. And, and, and all I got to say is shame on the All Valley Under 18 Karate Tournament for refusing to recognize Johnny Lawrence as a two-time champion before Daniel Laposo. How crazy was that that they didn't even say that? They didn't do it the first, in the first season either. No, they didn't. They've never they've never done it, and I, I it, that has never sat right with me. And like you know, I get it. Like Cobra Kai was disgraced, but that was more because of John Kreese, not because of Johnny Lawrence. Right. Oh, absolutely, it was uh, about Kreese. And uh, so, did you want to talk about your boy Terry Silver a little bit? I mean, come on, like it was so great to see him back and in like full form like you know um thomas ian griffith was, was so good um, <laughs> yeah, he was so, yeah. I, like i love when when crease first goes to him well when crease calls him and he's playing the piano and he just hangs up and we're like oh we're in for it and then he crease yeah. shows up and he's having this real fancy party with like tofu skewers and mimosas and the one dude is like you have some kind of jawline i've never seen such a perfect jawline like your jawline yeah. and like i thought crease was gonna punch him oh you were yeah like you 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 did karate that's adorable yeah oh you had a karate phase <laughs> yeah um <laughs> and the fact that he how they make how how they and this is again the whole nostalgia thing with mm-hmm. you know bringing in Karate Kid three and then making a very valid excuse as to why Terry Silver was doing what he's doing. He's oh, like, yeah. I was hopped up on coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and not just that, but I I did love the 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 dichotomy of wild haired Terry Silver and evil Terry and Silver. Ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. With, with the with the just pulling it back and you know like all right now it's game on. Yeah, and his was a slow, a slow burn in the sense of he kept saying in the beginning, dude. Again, breaking that cycle. You're talking about this stuff, Crease. This is the stuff that got us in trouble before, and you still want to do this. And then slowly, you saw him slowly kind of. I, I don't know if it was just being there that ambition. And that, just that, that's within him. Yeah. And he said, you know, he's talking, you know, one of the things, one of his lessons was like, everyone has a weakness. And, you know, he discovered what his weakness is and he carved it out. But that was one of the things I, I have to say I did not expect that, you know, at the end of, you know, Terry Silver wanting to take the Cobra Kai brand, you know, regional or, you know, or whatever, or maybe even national, or I'm not sure, without John Kreese. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to talk about, um, so, you know, as I mentioned, the biggest surprise for me was Robbie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I made it no secret that I was not a fan of his character for the first three seasons at all. And he he really sold me again it was the writing it was the acting uh it was the it was physicality the he had it was the karate karate so 
his like his anger, he, he you know, he's been fueled by anger and rage for so long. Oh, he's a hundred percent a red lantern. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you see it you see and this is where they do such a good job is it might be a facial expression here or something there where you see him starting to even if it's for a quick second question the teaching of cobra cry or questioning you know something crease wants him to do whatever it may be right and that you know for one thing it's okay it's dismissive but they do it in such a good way where it kind of builds up and it leads to ultimately where it needed to lead and he sees that where you know we're talking about the kenny thing and how kenny becomes the bully after everything that happened to him and robbie you know rightfully so blames himself in the sense of hey i was this kid's mentor and look at where he goes uh what does that say and he actually loses the fight because for a split second he hesitates when he sees the I guess what you call the bloodthirstiness in yeah. Kenny's eyes when oh, he's yeah. about to finish Eli. And it's that split second he hesitates. And then, I mean, Eli wins it, you know, not because he, but he, you know, he had the upper hand and he doesn't take advantage of it just for that little hesitation. Mm-hmm. And that scene where he goes to talk to Johnny at the end. Yeah. And yeah, that he was says, really good. I had a, that, that was, that, that was one of my favorite scenes in, in this season. Where he's like, I had all of this hate inside of me for you and Miguel. Um, and then Johnny was like, no, this stuff isn't your fault. Blame me. And when he says, I'm sick of blaming you, Dad. And you could just see the pain and just, because oh, again, <laughs> yes, they've, these these people have had fights in, everywhere you can name throughout mm-hmm. the city. But these are still teenagers. And, you know, he's still, what, 16, maybe maybe 17. I don't I don't know exactly, but. And then that hug when they embraced that man, that was like one of those goosebump moments. And I'm really, really interested to see where they take this character in season five. I think they're actually filming now. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see the filming schedule, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm interested to see where they take all of these characters. Yeah. Who aren't named Sam. I was, yeah, I I was, (laughs) I was very surprised that I, I, his arc got to me as much as it did. All right, let's. Um, I w- we're, so we're at like an hour and a half. Let's talk about Eli real quick. Yeah, we need to wrap. And then we'll close out yeah. on Tori. Um, okay. So the 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 death of Hawk and return and rise of Eli, I thought was super interesting because he was a man without a country up until yeah. he got his mohawk shaved off. Right. And then the island of misfit toys welcomed him back wholeheartedly. <laughs> Yeah, and but because um, he again oh, yeah, he sorry. he was like he lost his like Samson he lost his power when he lost his or he 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 mm-hmm. thought he lost his power when he lost his uh, right. mohawk right and you know trying you know with the help of Dimitri with the help of oh crap I forgot her name with the help of his you know misfit toys of Miyagi Do oh, Piper Piper yeah, yeah. he finally like he he comes back to himself. And that, that was his journey of finding who he was. Uh, who who he, and he was he was Eli Moskowitz. Mm-hmm. Even though right, when he comes back, uh, Daniel asks him, "Should I call you Eli or Hawk?" And he says, "It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter." Right. 
So we never get what he thinks of as himself from a name standpoint. All, but the most important thing is he finds himself, you know, inside. He finds his confidence that had been just brutally taken away. Scott Pilgrim gets the power of self-respect. <laughs> um, no, I, I like, I, I, I agree. I think, I think he had just a really, 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 really interesting arc. I think he did a lot. Um, I think just the character had to go through a lot, which, which was cool in, in learning again, another one kind of like Robbie learned his humility, humility, um, Hawk had to relearn humility and, and what it was. One of the interesting things is um, they've been watching Parks and Rec and there's a scene where it's like the Pawnee Rangers and the Pawnee goddesses or whatever, where the, the two, you know, Cub Scout type clubs that Ron and Leslie have. And um, the, uh, the, the Jacob Bertrand who plays Eli is one of the Pawnee Rangers and there's a point oh, yeah, where he, you told me that yeah, he yeah. wants to be one of the Pawnee goddesses. And it's like, they have candy and I want that candy. And, uh, <laughs> he mentioned candy at one point in the season. I was like, Oh my God, I'll never not see you as the little Pawnee goddess. Like, you know, doing a little yell, um, all for candy and puppies. But no, it was, it, he was just, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think the fact that the, it, they did the swerve where Eli won, um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the little, the blood sport scene where they both took their shirts off or the top of their geese off um, yeah. was really funny. Uh, but, yeah. But, like, he still used the hawk, right? Like, he, he had I was about the, to say, yeah, we got the, the hawk. hawk. Yeah. So, um, Which I love. I did, too. Um, but, yeah, no, he had, he had a great arc. I, I think Piper helped him, um, you know, when he needed it to to, you know, kind of start that journey back to to being a badass yeah oh absolutely so and speaking of badasses we can end with oh the badasses of badasses yes and... mary mouser as samantha no <laughs> <laughs> oh god can i rant for one second i know i know we're like rant way away. over I I do not understand the Sam LaRusso character. I do not like the Sam LaRusso character. I, I don't know if it's Mary Mouser. I don't know if it's the writing. It's just whatever it is, it doesn't work. And I think part of it is because she's an even bigger douche than Daniel. Uh yeah. Okay, rant over. <laughs> okay. So I, I will I, I have thoughts on her too. I, I actually was surprised she, she I I didn't actually like her. But she moved up a couple notches. I thought yeah. she was much better this season. But based on how much I disliked her, she didn't. She definitely didn't do the Robbie turnaround for me. Yeah. So, but Tori again. I've always like fr- from the first time Peyton List got in the show for as Tori. I liked the character. There was just yes, there was a badassness about her, but there was also a vulnerability that that uh, badassery was there to hide. Yeah, and yeah, we, we see, got to see that under more. the hood. Yes, of 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 what what was what was going on with uh with Miss Tori. Yeah, and it's 
it's one of those things. She is one of those based on her upbringing and the stuff she's experienced. And then, you know, she has the terrible, terrible aunt who just sounds like a terrible person um, that, you know, that any type of help someone gets is either out of pity or because they want something. And it takes some time, but for her, and this is one of the reasons why I gave uh an honorable mention to Amanda LaRussa is because she does such a great job reaching out to Tori well, after getting her fired, but or putting her in a position where she gets fired, I should say. Yeah. I, I, uh, she got where, she got her fired from the restaurant. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like them and when then when Tori comes and, and you you were talking about, you know, Hawk learning humility and Robbie learning humility. Tori does too because she actually comes she's a actual one that you know, after she's rebuffed Amanda a couple of times when she needs her help, you know, she comes with her tail between her legs and says, I need your help. And yes, uh, Amanda, you know, she gives a dig here and there like, hey, uh, yeah, come on in. You know the way still. But right. Yeah. She and so, he, do you want to smash the door scared. in or just come in through the front? Yeah. 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 But I, I really like the relationship they built. And to your point with Sam. I, yes, we understand Sam's a teenager, and you know teenagers are basically dumb, especially that we're, how they're written usually in shows. And Sam only sees, granted, Sam sees her tormentor. She doesn't see Tori as a person. She sees her as a tormentor. And while I understand that, and I, I, I understand that, and I get that, Amanda is strong enough and mature enough to see that this is a girl that's in pain and, you know, and one false step and she could completely spiral into where it it would be very difficult to get her back. And Amanda reaching out to her and Tori except, well, no, Tori actually, you know, being the one to say, Hey, I knowing she needs help, knowing this person has reached out to me before. And then you see how that changes her. Uh, when like when she fights and yes she's still a terror but when amanda asks her to fight the right way or don't cheat or something like that and then she elbows yeah uh, well she says don't don't hurt sam just don't hurt her is what she says yeah and yeah Yeah. that the elbow was completely inadvertent like you know she did not mean to do it but (laughs) then we got the the tearing to tell her to do it again and he goes the man can't see he can't fight. And can't I was like, fight. oh my god! I <laughs> so I, I've like ever since the preview, where you know it was the just a VO from from Karate Kid Three. Oh, that was so good. Like, yeah, I, I've just been walking around. A man can't stand. He can't fight. So uh, <laughs> a man can't see. So yeah, he can't fight. He can't fight. What was the other one? A man can't breathe. Okay, can't that's what fight. I thought. So he hasn't said that. Which is uh, it is. apropos for. Uh, today's world in certain canonized individuals anyway yeah um yeah so i i agree like i i think so i stood up and i feel better by the way i'm Mm -hmm. you know i feel like i sound better right now um no i i loved i loved what tori went through in the last two episodes too like getting to the finals um beating johnny's champion was was fun and and interesting and I love that girl. She was she was like low oh she key. was awesome. She was um Devin what, yeah Devin. What is it the um the heat check player award the play, the 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 person yeah. who did the most <laughs> with a few minute fewest on screen minutes uh, yeah. Devin won. Um, 
I really liked her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've only been doing this for six weeks. Just think what I'm going to do when I come back next year. I'm going to kick all their asses. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, 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 I did. I did like, I like that Tori, I like that Tori won. I th- I think it was important yeah. for Tori to win. Cause I think if Sam wins, Tori goes down a, a rabbit hole that she doesn't necessarily need to go down. I think Tori winning is hopefully going to make Sam turn around and look at her life and the decisions she's made. Because yeah. Sam is not, she thinks she's the good guy and she's not just like her dad no. thinks he would, thought he was the good guy. And you know, he's, he's not. Yeah. We're all the hero of our own stories. And I thought it was very interesting. The, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I know, I know that's a saying, like we're all the hero of our own stories, mm-hmm. but like, no, what we're not. No, what, what I'm saying is, is if you look in history, most oh, people yeah. don't, okay. don't think they're the bad guys. Like, and, and I'm not saying everybody, but uh, that I would say a good amount of people think uh, as uh, who was that said, what movie was that for the greater good? Oh, was that, uh, that, yeah, that was Zod when he was like, everything I do oh, yeah. is for the greater good. I, I thought you were talking about Hot Fuzz, and when you say greater good, I was going to say the greater good. <laughs> Not quite. But yeah, overall, just this season, like, did you have anything else, like, with Tori? Uh, you know, I, I just, uh, honestly, just the, the way she fought for, for what she needed and who she needed to be, I thought was great. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I, I just, but, and again, that was this hurt. Her journey was the, the perfect mirror to just, just the excellence of this season. And so many characters having so many interesting and compelling arcs mm-hmm. that, and that's the thing, this show is, it's easy to find this, look at the show as some type of nostalgia trip. Like, you know, for somebody who hasn't watched it and just seen the trailers, kind of like what I did before I watched the first season. But there's care. You're and, welcome. And just thank you very much, sir. An excellence in the writing in the sense of, you know, not only going big when they need to, but showing restraint when it's could be so, they could so easily just pop the lid off and just keep going with the crazy. I, this this right this creative team is just done such a fantastic job in four seasons. This is still again the show. I'm not saying it's as good as, but this is like one of the only two shows that I'm smiling almost all the way through the episode when I watch it. That other show obviously starts January 11th, so yeah. I just. Man, I, I can't. I am going to have to it, within the next few weeks. I'm going to start from season one, episode one of Cobra Kai, and then just work my way back through because this show, I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows, and like, just it, it's. I have as much fun as this show as I've had with any show ever. Well, like, like full stop. Yeah, ever. I mean, being as the Karate Kid one, two, and three were like three of my favorite movies as a kid, right? And now we're getting this yeah. like really rich tapestry of a world of the Karate Kid. Like it's like this is this is so great. This is this is everything. And you know, having been a fan of How I Met Your Mother and the whole joke that the the How I Met Your Mother crew did with, <laughs> you know, oh no, 
Barney Barney thinks that the real Karate Kid is uh, Billy Zabka, and you know he because he didn't understand good guys and bad guys, right? Um, yeah, but Daniel wasn't a good guy, and Billy wasn't a bad guy. That was the thing, right? Or uh, Johnny wasn't a bad right. guy. Um, Dutch, yeah, he was pretty bad, but <laughs> but uh, no, it's I, it, you're you 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 nailed it on the head. It, it it walks that balance of nostalgia and future, and and I think I think they did such a great job with Zolo. With Tanner, with Jacob, and with uh, Peyton, and you know, I'll mm-hmm. throw, I'm gonna throw Mary Mauser in there, but like she's like a step below all of them. Um, as this young cast that watching them grow, um, the interesting thing is gonna be to see because they're juniors this year, right? Or are they seniors? Mm-hmm. I thought they were juniors. I think they're juniors. Like, yeah, to watch the timeline's kind of fuzzy because you know it's the fourth season, it's only the second tournament. Um, but to to watch them grow and, and to move on and to like age out of the tournament and into life and like uh watching them kind of go off on their own way will be uh will be really interesting, yeah. And I, I for one, like I said, I cannot wait. This show is, I mean, again, like without you, I would not have watched this show with you saying, dude, you got to watch this show. Dude, you got to watch this show. And keep, you kept pestering me. I was like, fine, I'm going to watch it. I mean, I, I after the first episode, I was hooked. I was uh, like, okay, yeah. this is, this I, is so much fun. I, I told, I told, because I when in 2018, when this came out, I signed up for YouTube Red like three weeks before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like, you know, I know I'm getting... I know I'm watching this whole show, so I'm just gonna get YouTube Red, just kind of enjoy like what it is. When Cobra Kai is over, I'll cancel it. That never happened, but <laughs> so I can't deal with commercials, man. You know that. Um, yeah, I, I know. But yeah, I mean, th- this is all about like the the pop culture reference from <laughs> from How I Met Your Mother and the. Uh, <laughs> The um the sweep the leg video from No More Kings, uh in two thousand seven where William Zadka plays Johnny, and and you know makes a cameo in the video, but yeah I just I I really really enjoy it. I wonder if they're gonna bring Hillary Swank in, you know with because they the said next she's a on the table. Um, I I kind of feel like. I, I, I'm kind of surprised there's not the 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 up in arms nature of why isn't where's Hillary Swank? She's a Karate Kid, um, like with uh, the Gro- Ghostbusters answer the call or whatever it's yeah. called the the Fig Busters. Um, it's like well, you guys went out of your way to make sure you weren't canon. Yeah, you had well, I you mean, had we Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and um, Ernie Hudson in the movie, and they were not Winston Zedmore. Peter Vinkman and Ray Stans. Yeah. And also, let's not forget Mike Barnes. So, I mean, he he said he has to call for help. And yeah, he guy, said there's I know one or two yeah, two guys, dude, two people or something like that. If they can get the guy that played Snake back, I'll be so happy just because it'll be hilarious. <laughs> and I hope he's still kind of chubby. Not gonna lie. Um 
But no, I mean, Mike Barnes has been on like Cobra Theory, Cobra Kai Theory with with Star Wars Theory. That's a lot of theory. Yeah. Um, a, a few times, I think, with, with interviews and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Mike Barnes is a fantastic mustache twirling teenage villain. Uh, oh, absolutely. You, you could take Mike Barnes out of Karate Kid, change the activity, and literally drop him into any movie <laughs> And he's going to be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm again, looking forward to what they bring in season five. Uh, I, it's just another fantastically fun season. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just so glad that next week we get soups and Lolo. Yeah. Because I'm, I was going to say after this and, and yes, we also get the expanse uh, finale. Oh man, that's going to next week's going to be very, very, very captivating from a, uh, TV show standpoint with those two, just those two shows alone, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, we we did run a lot over a lot because I mean we had a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah, we're at, uh, we're at there, almost two hours. So, um, yeah, thank you for. Carrying, is there anything? Yeah. <laughs> just thank you for carrying the load this week. I uh, I'll be back and better next week, but this has been fun. Yeah. So such great well, shows. With I that, mean, like. The two, the two that we really liked, and the book of Boba Fett's not bad. That's the thing. Yeah. It's just it should be better. Yeah, it and it, and be it could. And yeah, we have five. It's only two episodes, and it could be. It could get much better. I just don't give uh, Disney Star Wars any kind of grace <clears throat> when it comes to that. Yeah, none or, whatsoever. Or just a Disney Plus. Just a Disney Plus show. No, I'm, I'm 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 just going with Disney Star Wars in general. I mean, like yeah, the, so. they they've burned us so many times. Like Rebels was a was a fluke. Yeah. So. so. But with that being said, uh, we thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Later. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page patreon.com slash infamous podcast we have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear music for this podcast is provided by michael henry from meetmichaelhenry.com so whenever you're listening to us have a great day night evening weekend whenever it is and we'll see you next time thanks for listening